0: Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.
2: All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin. It's the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. Thanks for tuning in. For those of you that are live on Periscope at Eagle Ed Martin, appreciate you being there. Some folks are on uh, Twitter. Some folks are on Facebook. A lot of folks are just listening to the radio, but also the show can be picked up as a podcast wherever you get uh, podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, wherever, or go to Ed Martin Live and you can sign up there. You'll get lots of updates and things. But first, let's get to what you need to know. There's a lot happening. I, it, you know, it, it's um, amazing how much is happening, even though nothing's happening. And in a few minutes uh, later on in the program, I will give you, I, I spent a lot of time yesterday evening, last evening, and this morning, part of today, thinking about how to describe my dissatisfaction with the fact that we needed the Congress to put some more money into the small business fund, the so-called PPP, to keep small businesses getting a break. And that happened in the la well, it's happening right now in Washington in the swamp. But the President of the United States and the Treasury Secretary and the Bank said we need about two hundred and fifty billion with a B dollars. It's a lot. And somehow, between that and uh, what we 're getting today, we have almost five hundred billion dollars. What is that difference and we 'll talk about that. It's, I call it the Pelosi pork uh, multiple and uh, and you can look at everything that 's happened it 's double what we need is what we get because Pelosi 's spending it on all of the stuff and she has uh, she has the leadership of the country by the by hostage right now so we'll we'll get to that and a lot more. but first, what do you need to know? what do you need to know it 's a very important Uh, it's a very important day and it's very important to focus on this. Hold on. I'm looking for one quote that I wanted. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Um, yeah, here it is. I I, the phrase I used was the great pause, the great pause. It's not the great recession. It's not the great depression. The great pause is this period of time that we had to do to fight this virus, this hidden menace, this terrible thing. I call it the great pause. We've had to slow our lives down to beat the virus. And we're coming out of that. And you know, when we're having, I call it the great restart, the great restart is we're going to have to figure out a new way to come back to work, to come back to play, to come back to school, to come back to the new normal, all that's going to be a challenge. And we talked yesterday about the idea, what is it that we could do, you know, essential services? How do we think about essential services? I'm going to say something, and and if you take it out of context, and my critics will likely do it, I want them to give us back our parks, because I want to go fishing, I want to go fishing every day with my sons and go down to the park and fish. And right now the park's closed. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's essential services like when they do surgery on someone, but I'm saying I'm not going to get anybody infected, but I can't get in the park because it's blocked. And I promise I won't stand within six feet of anybody but the fish. And if you know me, you know I don't catch a lot of fish, so the fish aren't going to be in trouble. But anyway, that's my little pitch there. But here it is. The Great pause, which we have had to do. If we, didn't have a, if we had a different leader than President Donald Trump, we would not have been able to have the great pause. Despite what you see in the media, this is one of the great achievements of leadership that our country has come together to do this. We have, in fact, addressed the problem of the curve. I'm not sure we flattened it yet. We have addressed slowing the spread. We haven't been able to fix the virus. Nobody can. That's why this is such a bad you know, hidden menace. But we have an incredible amount of unity and solidarity on the great pause and and staying home and figuring out what to do to fight this off. It's extraordinary to see. It's not just Republicans. It's not just Democrats. It's not just President Trump. It's not just governor, whoever. It's everybody's bought in. However, now we have to go to the great restart. And as we go towards that, that's a tough fight, right? we got to figure it out. we got to slog through it. We've got to understand the risks. We've got to take the risks. And I think we're getting ready to do it. I think it's pretty exciting to watch. I think it's going to be turn out really well. But it's a challenge, and we're all in there. So here's what I want to tell you. with The great pause, way to go, America. The great restart, we're in the middle of it. And we're going to do it. We're going to do it together. But here's what I want to tell you. Another pause happened. And this is so overdue. This is so necessary. This is so important. And it's another great pause, and I hate to be doing this again, but I'll tell you, in the history of our country, if the great, if the great uh, pause that we had to slow us down, slow the spread, leads us to an immigration pause, a ceasefire, a, a, a stoppage, it'll be a huge service to the country. Two reasons. One, we have 20 plus million people unemployed. We have people in this country who need work, and if you let more immigrants come in, you'd necessarily add them to the market, to the labor market, to the living market, to the shape of things. We just don't need it now. I'm going to say something absolutely positively amazing to say, but I'm telling you this. There are, Ill- I'm in defense of illegal immigrants' rights right now. There are illegal immigrants in America that we can't deport or get out in this time, and they don't need more people here, illegal or legal, coming to our country. Right now, we need to stop all immigration and 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 I, I praise the president for bringing it up two nights ago in his fireside chats at the white house he brought it up and he said we're going to stop it now between the time he said we're going to stop it and this moment he's kind of i don't know if you like him you think he's making prudential judgments and explaining himself if you don't like him you think he is uh backtracking but the fact is We need to stop immigration in this country. And we need to do it for the second reason as well as the first. Now hear me again. The first reason for the immigration pause was jobs. And we need to stop the idea that we can't let, that Americans can't do the work. It's a lie. It's a lie. There's plenty of Americans who can do the work. What they're used at the high-tech level, big tech companies want to pay less and have indentured servants. That's what they mean. They, don't tell me that there's not Americans with ingenuity and smarts that can't compete with Indian, Ameri- Indian uh, uh, um, nationals. We have workers. We should be able to do it. We need to try. We need to not try. We need to pause. So I'm a, I salute that on the jobs. So number one is jobs. Number two is just as important. And listen to this. It's very important. We need a period in this country, and it's a good time to do it. We need a period of time to assimilate each other into this America. The amount of solidarity we're having, the amount of commitment we're having to each other, the way we're feeling about each other together. It's very important. It's very good. We need to build on it. I'm going to start every day. I'm going to start every day. I've been doing it with my kids, the Pledge of Allegiance, uh, solidarity and, and unity in the American experience and understanding why it matters. It's so big. And if we pause, not indefinitely, but for a while, immigration and let everybody here buy in. If you don't want to buy in, you don't have to stay. If you don't want to buy into the Constitution, the founding values, which happen to be Judeo-Christian, you don't have to believe in Jude- the, the, the God of Jude- Judah or the or Christ. You don't have to to be here, but you have to buy into the founding values. Otherwise, you won't understand how to fit in. America is different than other parts of the world because of our Constitution, because of our founding values. And thank you for coming in. I uh, um, can't see who that is. Focus zone. Thank you for being in here. But if you don't buy into that and don't understand that, then you just think it's another geographic place. America's strength is we have great geographic, we have great resources, we have great stuff here. It's true. You know, from all we have natural resources, we have the, the heart of the country, the bread belt, all kinds of things. But the fact is that's not, there's other places that have great stuff. And what they don't have is the constitution, the rule of law and the founding values. And so pausing immigration gives us a chance, gives us a chance to continue to assimilate, it always happened in America. We've had other pauses in immigration, but more importantly, we've had periods of assimilation where the people who came as immigrants, and we always had immigrants. That's true, but we have to pick and choose when we stop so that we can assimilate. And I think there's no better time in a funny way than this crisis to have people realize why America's special, what it means and why we need to keep it that way. So, This great pause we've been on, phenomenal. Now, history books will be written about how the American, the world leader, took a great pause to try to control what was happening, save each other, respect each other, lead the world, and we did it. And the great restart will be written about as one of the more extraordinary economic pivots that's ever happened. But... What we need to remember is not just that the restart happens, but that we take advantage of the time we have and build on the strengths we have. Because what the Great Pause and the Great Restart is doing is creating a solidarity, a national connectedness that gives us a chance to assimilate and bond together and be together and be Americans together and go forward. And we have to do it by pausing immigration. It's a necessary move. I'm proud the president started that. I think anyone who's running for office at any level ...ought to embrace it and run on it and say, I'll be a part of that. That's the solution that's for America. That's the thing that builds our country, respects our people, and gives us the best chance for victory and for success in the future. So that's what you got to get. There you go. What's what you need to know. What you need to know is let's go. Thank you, President Trump, and let's charge on. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk with, uh, well, we'll talk with uh, Jordan Henry and then Sidney Powell later on. So we'll take a big, a little break. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Be right back.
0: Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a pro America report. One of the things my listeners and all we've been watching together, and at least you've been hearing me talk about watching it is the Mrs. America series, which is produced by FX uh, and streaming on Hulu. It's pretty terrible because it's Hollywood and they're just trying to spin and lie. Uh, they spent $50 million. They're not doing that because they think Mrs. Phyllis Schlafly is a great lady. They're doing it to try to redefine her. And they're trying hard. They're doing it. Uh, we'll see. But uh, one of the people who's been working so hard to put out the truth about that, and as you've heard me say, com is a website. It's getting tons of attention from folks that are like, hey, wait. Is that what she's really like? Let me check that out. And that's uh, Jordan Henry, the research director for the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. My colleague uh, used to be a frequent uh, guest on the show, hasn't been on in a while, but he's been putting that together and researching. So first of all, Jordan, welcome to the program. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm doing great, Ed. Good to be on with you.
2: Nice to be on with you. Now, I'll put you on the spot, Jordan. You knew Phyllis Schlafly, and you also um, sort of have been knee deep, I mean, more than anybody I know, both in the Mrs. Schlafly show, which is on FX, as I mentioned, and a big Hollywood production, and then also in the research and all. In, on, a, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you rate the series?
3: Hmm. Well, rated in terms of it just being good or bad or being accurate. Well,
2: I don't know. Whatever you think, I, I guess, I, guess okay. I ask the questions. I don't let you ask the questions, so I don't know. Whatever you think, I'm just putting. Yeah, I'm just making right. you. I'm, I'm making you think a little bit.
3: In terms of accuracy, I you know I'd give it uh, I'd give it something like a eh, like a three because they get they they do uh, drop in some uh, interesting historical tidbits, uh, but you know it, really all that does is it it's just. Uh, a way of trying to give legitimacy to some really big points that they're missing and that are really accurate portrayal of, of a woman who I uh, knew and admired very much.
2: Um, and uh, so, Jordan, tell us about Real Miss America. And I've told our listeners, but you're the guy that created it. If you go there, what do you find? Walk us through sort of what's at realmrsamerica.com.
3: Well, realmrsamerica.com is a website that we created uh, that would, that would uh, give people who didn't know Phyllis uh, the kind of inside look that you and I have as people who knew her personally. Uh, we talk about the arguments she made, the, the stands that she took, wh- what she's famous for, of course, fighting the Equal Rights Amendment and, and so much else. Uh, but we also want to uh, take a look at her as a person. So we put uh, pictures, so many pictures, on there. We have we have a photo of the day it goes up every single day uh, that shows her activism work, but also a lot of pictures of of her family, her husband Fred, and and her six children, and um, so much else. So we we want to really paint a picture of uh, the real. Phyllis Schlafly. But in addition to that, we're especially trying to respond to some of the claims made by this Mrs. America TV show. We, we tell them what, uh, what what they got right, what they got wrong. We, uh, we have Phyllis' archives uh, in our office building right here. I, I was just down there a little bit ago reading some of her notes from back in 1979. And I mean, we have Phyllis' archives, and we have the ability to fact check the claims that they're making on this show and that's what we do we do it in articles we do it in videos we do it in those photos uh, all over the place we're trying to uh, just get the word out about who phil schlafly
1: really was
3: as a person as an activist as a patriot
2: uh, we're talking with Jordan Henry. All right, Jordan, I, and thank you. And uh, we'll keep tracking, of course, the FX series, uh, Mrs. America, which is ostensibly about the about 10-year fight that Phyllis Schlafly waged to beat back the liberals who wanted to amend the Constitution to do all sorts of terrible things. It it, it it goes on for another, what do we got, five more weeks? It's nine episodes, so five more episodes. I guess that's technically five weeks from today there'll be a finale, right? That's right. Yep. so we'll, we'll track that and we'll, we'll, we'll keep people informed, alright, I want to switch over though to something that you and I have been talking about, back in the old days when this program started, you and I did a weekly segment called Heartland Heroes and somehow we got busy and we left it behind but we, you and I keep seeing and talking about heroes, um, you know, you mentioned uh, one of your friends who's working in the kitchen at, a, at, at one of the guard, um, you know, the state guard places you know, those people don't take off because those people are working, right, and all, there's kind of heroes in the everyday life of what we're doing and uh, so, I thought let's go back back to heartland heroes so jordan henry now back with heartland heroes for the week uh give us a hero that you noticed and let's talk about somebody and praise him up
3: uh yeah a guy by the name of greg daly in mercer county new jersey is um huh. really stepping up to the plate the guy is a newspaper delivery man he's been doing that for 25 years and he uh took it upon himself to start delivering groceries and necessities to elderly people that are on his paper route. Wow. uh, Yeah, he just put a note in the newspaper one day, said, Hey, look, I know people, uh, you know, a lot of people can't get out. If you need any help getting groceries or whatever, let me know what you need, and I I will pick them up for you free of charge.
2: You know, what's crazy about great story, and I'm looking at the story that you sent me, uh, and Mercy County, Mercy County, New Jersey. It's funny you say this because everybody's life's upside down. And, but one of the upside downs in our life is that I get up earlier than anybody else and I tend to go out and just get out of the house. You know, we're all, everybody's home a lot and, and the newspaper's always there. I mean, my newspaper's Must be delivered at like five a.m. I mean, I usually get up at five thirty or six. It's always there at the end. Of, and I walk down the first couple of weeks of this. I would pick it up and I'd think to myself, I wonder how many people this went through to get here, right? In terms of thinking of like how this disease spreads. Uh, but it's also funny that. Those guys and gals, I suppose, that deliver papers are out before you know, before dawn, before anybody's moving, and uh, especially in these days, they just kind of slide around, and that's it's a pretty nice thing. I see a picture of Greg Daly, this uh, Heartland hero, who's uh, although do we count New Jersey as the Heartland, Jordan? I'll just leave that there. But there's a picture of him dropping off some uh, some groceries to uh, some seniors, which is fantastic. And you know, uh, Jordan, we've been talking on the program about the necessity of going back to work, going back to our lives, but. We're We're only going to do it with smarts, you know, assessing the risk. And one of the things we're going to assess is um, can we, you know, we don't want seniors to go back. I mean, we can't we can't afford this bug to get to seniors. It kills them even higher numbers than you and me. So uh, there's going to be a lot more of that. Well, that's very cool. All right. what you got another one. I know you sent me an alternate alternate in case we rejected that one. What's your backup uh, Heartland Hero?
3: Uh, We've got a math teacher. Uh, But don't hold that again. Oh, I hate math. Come on, man. I hate math. I hate math. (laughs) You and me both. And I would imagine the 12-year-old Riley Anderson hated math, too, until her uh, math teacher, Chris Waba is his name, showed up on her doorstep. You see, a lot of schools, of course, are going to online learning now. And so he was trying to explain to her in their online class uh, this math problem and she said log just can't get it the math teacher says all right fine i'll be there in a few minutes and so he grabbed his whiteboard uh and he took the whiteboard to her porch she was on the inside with the uh with the glass doors i see i see
2: the back. picture i see it's a, uh-huh. i see the picture this is great keep going
3: yeah yeah and, and so he just showed up there on her porch and he was outside she was inside and he gave her a math lesson right there on her porch until she was able to uh, get through that difficult problem.
2: It's, it's even, it's even better. It's a great image and it must have been somebody, maybe her mom or somebody took a picture. So there's the teacher and he's outside. You can see a, ca- a car in the road and, and even better, he's in his sweatpants. He's got a ball cap on and he's doing whatever he's writing on the whiteboard. Man, that's great. I, I have to say I hadn't heard of this one and I didn't see it before you, we started talking. Um, that makes me smile because my wife and I again, we went out for a walk. I mean, as, as someone joked all across America, there's a whole network of dogs that are reaching out to each other saying why why are we walk so much i mean it's never stops we walk our dog like five times a day but i went out with my wife this morning for a walk and we met a neighbor turns out she went to college same place my wife went to college notre dame and they start talking of course from 10 feet away and i and i'm thinking and i said why don't you guys get a chair and sit down and have a coffee you know 10 feet away but uh that's a great one this teacher coming out and bringing his whiteboard. it's really a classic picture that's where is that i didn't see where it is
3: uh that's in South Dakota, Madison,
2: South Dakota. Oh, man, that's a great one. All right. Well, that's pretty good, Jordan. I don't think you tried to sneak in a third Heartland Hero, but I think I looked while we were talking in the bylaws of the Heartland Hero program, and we only have one Heartland Hero and an alternate, and, and so I don't think I can allow a third one. So thank you, though, for uh, looking those up and for all your work on Mrs. America, and uh, keep us informed. How's, how's the? Uh, you're in Jefferson County, Missouri. For our listeners, it's uh, the county south of uh of st louis county into down along the mississippi river how are things in your neck of the woods
3: uh well you know i mean uh, like like a lot of people out there we're just uh playing it safe staying inside as much as we can but you know we're we're going out for a walk every day going hiking on the weekends. so um there's there's still people out and about people seem to be in pretty good spirits seen a lot of sidewalk chalk here recently a lot I think that's a <laughs> oh really place. Yeah, 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 I think everybody's getting out with sidewalk
2: (laughs) shots. People are getting stir-crazy. We better we better get back to work so people don't have sidewalk chalk wars. It could turn really ugly. All right, Jordan Henry, as always. RealMrsAmerica.com is where his handiwork is right now. His long-term uh, work he does so often is at phyllisschlaffway.com. Check all that out. Thanks, Jordan. We'll talk again uh, soon, and we'll maybe see if we let you slip in a third Heartland Hero next time. And uh, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a minute.
0: Ed Martin and the
2: Pro-America
0: Report. On The Answer, San Diego.
2: Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on the, uh, excuse me, on the <laughs> Pro-America Report. I'm choking here, drinking coffee. Uh, great to be back with you. Our next guest is my old friend, Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell, of course, go to SidneyPowell.com. I used to be able to say, you know, you got to go there and uh, check out this unbelievable book, License to Lie, which you still should. Uh, it's a book and i thought sydney that i could take credit for like everything because you know that's how i you know, when they talk about narcissists i i see myself in that picture but i remember getting your book and passing it around to other people and it was about three months later that i realized newt gingrich had told somebody else like a month before me and it was newt that had been pushing so many people but it's a great book more important than anything licensed to lie exposing corruption in the department of justice so good and her newer book new book now is called conviction machine standing up to federal prosecutorial abuse uh, and it's Sydney Powell, along with Harvey Silverglade. Uh, Sydney Powell, of course, is a national bestseller. She's on TV all the time, but her real—I mean, what she would say—is she's a, a practicing attorney who, for decades now, has represented clients, especially in courts of appeals, especially uh, fifth, fifth Federal Circuit. She's—I uh, think she clerked in there. I don't know if she clerked or not. She'll, she'll correct me, but she's amazing. So, welcome, Sydney. How are you? Oh,
4: I'm great, Ed. Thank you for having me.
2: So first, let me ask it you this book, Conviction Machine. Circuit. And when you read the book, Harvey Silverglade, as you and I spoke off the air, he's kind of famous, uh, for the, a book called Three Felonies a Day and his, um, his kind of, uh, description of how government's gotten out of control. You and he are like well paired for this because you're talking about how big and bad and problematic federal prosecutorial abuse is. But Sydney, is this a problem of the last 20 years where we the, the, the feds got like up to 100 miles an hour? Is it a problem of the last 50 years? Wh- why is it so clearly a problem today?
4: Well, it's definitely a problem of the last 20 years. I think between the explosion of criminal laws and the addition of so many federal prosecutors, there have been far too many opportunities for people to be drawn to it who are more caring about the power that they have and what they want to accomplish with it than they are about seeking justice. Harvey and I had a number of similar experiences. He wrote Felonies a Day, and I'd written License to Lie about the same time. We do not know each other. I mean, we still haven't met, but he hmm. would get asked a lot of questions about, you know, what can we do? How can we solve the problems at all? And I did, too, as I talked about License to Lie. So he suggested we team up to write Conviction Machine, and it it's was a good, good match.
2: It sure is, and uh, it's. In, by the way, it's in Counter Books, and uh, people can get it anywhere you get books. and And if you look, I'm looking through the the chapter headings because we obviously can't cover too much of them, but it. But as you 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 fit together, it's um. It's all for everything from where, you know, what are the judges doing that they're not getting this under control? What is about grand juries? It's kind of all the things that have to do with where we are. But again, I I hate to push back, but is this a problem that like in the last 10 years they've gone out of control? I mean, you've been practicing law for 30 years and maybe longer and, and, and it wasn't always like this. So what is it? Time-wise, what is it that got off balance? I mean, how, how why are we dealing with this in 2020, I mean, so dramatically?
4: Well, nothing happened after I wrote License to Lie. I mean, I tried to put the brakes on it all by writing that, but nothing happened to the prosecutors in it. And lo and behold, the lead villain in License to and Lie, Andrew Weissman, winds up on Mueller's hit squad. So everybody's gotten a pretty clear dose of it now to see what corrupt agents and prosecutors can do to people. They could make up crimes and hide the evidence that people are innocent and charge people with things that simply aren't crimes or aren't true.
2: Well, and we're talking we with Sidney Powell and uh, go ahead. Keep going.
4: It's each, each administration, it's gotten worse. And that the Obama administration, it just got exponentially worse because they were rather overt, even about using the Department of Justice and the law as a weapon to accomplish their social and political objectives.
2: Uh, Sydney Powell, and, and by the way, it's at Sydney Powell one on Twitter and Sydney Powell.com to find out more and all her books and her writings and, and speaking engagement. She's a great speaker. We've had her speak at our Eagle events. People absolutely love to hear her speak, and she's uh, uh, phenomenally uh, accessible. Um, all right, let me slide over to the most egregious uh, incident I know in my you know life and, and and examination. That is General Flynn and where he is. I, I, mean, I you know, I know you're still in that process, so you're a little bit careful or need to be. But where, where where are we on General Flynn's uh, situation and where the courts are? I know everybody, I tell you this, Sydney. I've been saying this, essential services, they're opening up the hospitals to elective surgeries, fine. But, you know, these judges and these, and these courts need to get back to work, right? I mean, there's people's lives hanging in the balance and everything else. But where are we on the General Flynn situation?
4: The government's going to file a status report on Friday to tell us the latest They've been working with his former counsel at Covington and Burling to try to defeat our claims of ineffective assistance of counsel and their conflict of interest. We filed a motion to withdraw the guilty plea and also a motion to dismiss for egregious government misconduct because the IG report that was filed in December of this past year disclosed that an agent had been put into a presidential briefing back in August 17, 2016, For the purpose of spying on Flynn, collecting information against him in the event that Trump was elected and Flynn wound up in the White House. It was two days after Strzok and Page texted each other about the insurance policy on August 15th that on the 16th they opened the case against Flynn. And on the 17th they sent that agent into a presidential briefing, which was a huge breach of trust. It's never been done before. It should never have happened then. Christopher Wray even has said it won't happen again. But that alone is sufficient egregious government misconduct to warrant dismissing the entire case against him. And we've got a list, a long list of other things that the government did that are just outrageous here, too.
2: Uh, we're talking against Sydney Powell, Sydney Powell dot com. Hey, um, Sydney, what's the best thing our listeners, people? Every time I post something about General Mike Flynn and and what we want and and how we wish it would be over, people always get so excited to help. And I know there's still a legal defense fund. Remind me when when, when I am done with this uh, rambling half question, what that uh, email, that website is again, so we get it right. But what else, what can people hope to have happen? Should we be hoping for a pardon? Should we be hoping for Uh, Attorney General Barr to figure, you know, to drop everything? What's the range of what we should want to happen and what can we do about it?
4: I think what should really happen, what would be best for the country and all concerned is for the government to disclose exactly what happened to General Flynn, for the Department of Justice, to provide the truth. We still don't have the original FBI report. We don't have the document that shows they exonerated him, of all things, Russia January 30th while he was still in the White House. But to admit that what we've shown is true... And move to dismiss it on their own for egregious government misconduct. I think that's the only thing that could happen that would restore any measure of trust and integrity to the FBI and the Department of Justice.
2: It's. Um, I, I just. I, I shake my head, and I, I know you can't really guess. I mean, you can't. Guessing is no fun. But I also trust. Uh, we're talking, Sidney Powell. Your judgment on these things. Are we close to the end? Do you think that there's resolution coming? Can you? you what do you feel? You've seen a, a million cases, but you've never seen anything like this one. I know that's how it's true of every case in a way. But do you feel like we're coming towards an end?
4: Well, this is far and away the most egregious travesty of justice I've ever seen because they literally made it all up. And they framed an innocent man. They were determined to take him out for their political reasons. We even found uh, new emails that Judicial Watch got that show that Strzok and Page were concerned about Benghazi and Flynn's determination to audit and pare down the intel agencies uh, as early as uh, December or January before uh, Trump went in the White House. So they were well aware of of what he planned to do, and, and that's why they were determined he could not be the national security advisor for the president. In fact, Clapper said that specifically. There was no way Flynn could be NSA.
2: Yeah, it's um, it is, uh, it really is. The more, the more that comes out, the more egregious it is. All right, well, let me just say again: conviction machine standing up to the federal prosecutorial abuse. Sidney Powell, Harvey A. Silverglade. Just go to SidneyPowell.com dot com. You'll see. I, I, I got to say. If you start with License to Lie, her other book, uh, and then you end up in Conviction Machine, you'll come away with a real sense that we're at a crossroads in in our future in terms of our uh, our federal prosecution, federal what's happening. So, thanks, Sydney, as always. Thanks for what you're doing for General Flynn and so many others, and to be, being such a friend to our Eagles. You've been at some of our great events. So, we'll uh, keep us informed, and we will uh, talk to you again soon. Thank you.
4: Thank you, and people can help by going to the Mike Flynn Defense Fund.org and making contributions.
2: Good, thank you for getting that. MikeFlynDefenseFund.org. That's great. MikeFlynDefenseFund.org. I'll put it up on social media too. We'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin right here on the on the excuse me, the Pro America Report.
0: Ed Martin and the Pro America Report. On the answer, San Diego.
1: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast launched by Phyllis Schlafly, who served as an articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Upholding that legacy and himself an author, national speaker, and attorney, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
2: Early voting is a nightmare for presidential primaries. Nowhere was this more clear than in California on Super Tuesday. With most traditional elections, votes can be counted on the spot, and results can be posted within hours of the polls closing. Thanks to early voting, the results from California could not be known right away, like in other Super Tuesday states. It takes time to tally mail-in votes. Time for delivering and opening mail causes weeks to go by before final results can be tallied and announced for early voting in high-turnout elections. This ultimately results in chaos and a loss in public confidence. Even in a general election, the votes from California continue to be counted for weeks after Election Day. Some Democrats are telling each other not to cast ballots early because they recognize the self-inflicted harm caused by early voting. These smart Democrats know early voting could easily lead to a brokered convention or a repeat of their fiasco in Iowa when results were delayed. An experienced Democrat campaign manager from California named Dari Schrago went on the record saying, quote, Sure, I'd wait. If one of the candidates trips up three days before the primary and I already cast my vote, I'm going to regret it. Dari is right to call out the dangers here. If the candidate you vote early for drops out or changes his position in an unacceptable way or commits an unforgivable gaffe, you're stuck. Some say we should just make it so early voters can go in and change their votes on Election Day if they want to. But that's a ridiculous idea. Election officials and Democrat strongholds have enough trouble counting up the votes without rampant election fraud like that. We don't want to create more opportunities for them. Besides, a recasting system like that would be totally cost-prohibitive and almost impossible to implement. The solution is as effective as it is straightforward. We need to get back to traditional elections held on one day for each jurisdiction. We need to get back to an election day. Unrestricted early voting is bad news for the democratic process and bad news for our faith in the power of voting.
1: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. American citizenship should never be taken lightly. That's why you need to go to phyllisschlafly.com and be part of the dialogue on the need for border security and an accurate census, the travesty of sanctuary cities, and voting rights for illegals. Voice your opinion at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
2: Welcome back, Ed Martin. Here on a Pro America report. You know, on in and out of that interview with the great Sidney Powell, I stumbled. I'm like, I'm like a schoolboy. She's one of the best lawyers I've ever seen. If you get a chance to ever meet Sidney Powell, she looks like she sounds. She's got this strong voice, right? She's tough. She sounds tough. She's about six foot maybe six one and she's always wearing heels, so she's like six two and she's, you know, put together. She's pretty, but she's put together. She's always dressed pretty nice. Like she not to the nines. She's just a phenomenal person. Like just a phenomenal woman. Like a like a um she is a um uh she is a tour de force that's a good word and she does everything with a strength and and she's she's kind of had it all just not all at once she's got a family she's got uh she's got i think a daughter maybe maybe a couple kids and she's just amazing but an unbelievable lawyer so if you enjoyed that interview or if you missed it go to uh edmartinlive.com you can always find uh, clips and segments of the show or get the whole show as a podcast wherever you go look for the pro america report yeah itunes google play or the answer too they have it all there so uh you'll want to uh, check out that interview with um with sydney powell she's phenomenal okay um let me wrap up uh during i want to encourage you all the listeners on the radio i do the very first part of the show i do it on um periscope periscope is the video uh feed for twitter and so i turn on that feed and i do the first part live in the afternoon so if you want to see that live go to at eagle Ed martin as my twitter handle handle at eagle Ed martin and uh you can watch that uh, uh it's in my twitter feed or you can go to periscope directly but uh what i do on the on the opening uh periscope is i i talk about uh, what an intention is people will send me intentions to pray for somebody or have a good thought or whatever. And then I do the wink, what you need to know. And then I have one more tease that I'll talk about. And so, um, the, um, today, what I teased on there and I mentioned to you all in the wink was what I call the Pelosi pork multiple, the Pelosi pork multiple. I've been thinking about the impact. Of Nancy Pelosi being Speaker. She won the speakership in uh, November of 2018 when she won back the House, the Democrats did. She took office in January of uh, 2019, and she's been in office since. And if you think about it, her getting in that position has created divided government in America. Now, some people would say, and I'd be one of them actually, that divided government keeps um, either party from going crazy, right? It slows down the craziness. And you'll remember, you'll probably remember it very, very specifically, that when uh, Scott Brown won the race for U.S. Senate in Massachusetts, that was a special election to replace Ted Kennedy. And because he won that, everybody thought, wow, they're going to stop Obamacare. But it didn't, because they just jammed it through anyway and never went back to the Senate. They never allowed a conference committee. Just just, the House took it wholesale and, and jammed it through, which is why we got such a terrible bill. And um, my point there is Nancy Pelosi has has created an imbalance in government. It's a split government. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean she's been able to stop judges. Right. We've had judges confirmed by this president's nominees are confirmed by the Senate all the time. It doesn't really mean on um, on foreign affairs. It's changed much because the president has enough of a sort of leeway on that. But on things like um, the United States, um, USMCA Mexico Canada agreement that was replacing NAFTA, because she was in, they got some concessions in that that they wouldn't have had before. All of that, I, I think we could sort of argue about whether any of it's good. But on total, I'm not going to say it's the end of the world until we get to the real my realization that every time we turn around, Nancy Pelosi's leadership causes the bill for what we do to double and i'll just give you the two examples the two most recent examples on the 2.2 trillion dollar sort of wuhan coronavirus um bailout bill from about three weeks ago seems like three years ago that bill everybody said it was going to be a trillion dollars and and once it became clear that pelosi wanted more in it it became a christmas tree and let me be clear once Everybody knows it's a Christmas tree. The Republicans go for it, too. I'm not saying that this is the swamp is a bipartisan swamp. It's not a it's not a partisan swamp, but it was Pelosi that could force the conversation from one trillion dollars, not the conversation, the bill to two two point two trillion. And that's when we discover there's all kinds of money in there for this and for that and for, there's no money in there for ice cream, which is what Pelosi really wanted, but there's money in there for everything under the sun, government spending and pork and all kinds of junk. Uh, You know, that's the one where the Kennedy center got money and Harvard got money and everybody got money. So now we come forward and one of the things in the $2.2 trillion bill was supposed to be a big chunk of money for small businesses to help them hang on. And you know what happened is they snapped it up because the small businesses are barely hanging on. And so there was a demand. It was created in the last few weeks. How real it was or not, we may not know for a long time, but I don't care. We had to do something. There are I've heard from small business owners who are saying, my bank says they don't have any more money. And so they go into the House and Senate, the Senate yesterday and the House today, I think, and they pass what should be a $250 billion bill, a billion with a B. And by the time they're done, it's 500 billion, half a trillion. And it's, be, it's because of the Pelosi pork multiple. You just take whatever you're going to get and you double it. She's going to take her part of the game and she's going to take it out and she's going to spread it all over. And, and I guess my point here is if divided government is going to yield a government that can't work, but when it works, it costs us twice as much. I don't think you're going to get many people to pick their head up and say, I oppose helping small business because that's how it's positioned. But man, I oppose the Pelosi pork multiple and we're going to pay a price for this. I'm telling you, they'll look back on this time where they put all this spending and all this waste and it will be judged harshly. The people will be unhappy for a long time. They really will. All right. That's my soapbox. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget, you can go to edmartinlive.com, sign up for my uh, morning updates. Come at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast. And uh, otherwise, get our Pieces of the Puzzle, the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, and especially over at The Answer, Thank you, as always, to Noah, our fearless technical director, and Joanna for helping book the show. And we'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.